Hello, hello, I'm um, Big Pezza, and this is the Big Pezza podcast that you listen to. Today, I'm going to be talking about how to save up money to buy motorbikes, and how to, well, um, keep your spending in check, sort of thing, or how I tend to keep my spending in check. So, if you don't know, I have at the moment nine motorbikes, and that seems like quite a lot of money, but I manage my money in an interesting way and I thought I'd share. So, my bikes, certain things are cheap. Certain things are very cheap. Cheap to run, cheap to insure. So, let's start off with... Most of my bikes are, well, I think most of them now are now tax and MOT exempt. Therefore, no MOT, no tax, need to be paid. A glass of water um, needs to be paid. So, that saves me a lot of money a year. If I have, so at the moment, actually, two of my bikes are, I need, so, so basically at the moment, two of my bikes, I tax an MOT. So that's two bikes. That's the BMW and the VFR, but I don't tax them both at the same time. So for instance, now we're in summertime, or as of date of recording of this podcast, I'm in the summertime. So what I like to do is I make sure that the BMW is all taxed, uh, sorry, it's taken off the road, and I might be doing a bit of maintenance work on it over the summer months maybe, just here and there, when I'm not riding. Um, I'll probably service it all towards the end of the year, get it all ready for the winter time again sort of thing. Um, but yes, the BMW is off the road, so I don't pay the road tax on it, and I just tax the VFR for six months. And the VFR will probably stay on the road for about five months, let's face it, and then towards the end of the year I'll detax it, refund the tax, and then put the BMW back on, or something like that, something around that time. Um, so in the meantime, for off-roading use, I can use my Honda CT, or I can use, well, yeah, for the off-road I will use the Honda CT. Um, which is, you know, fine. Uh, CT is absolutely fine for, for off-roading. I have no, no problem with that at all. It's great. And the fact that it is tax and MOT exempt is great. So yes, just that saves me, that, that running cost saves me quite a lot of money. Um, and I don't use my bikes to commute on anymore. I used to. Um, at the moment, I don't. I walk. I know. Um, shocker. But I, I don't have to go very far. Most of the time I just walk. And the bikes only come out for long rides now. Um, or, you know, if quite, if when I have to do more than, say, five miles, then I will bring the bike out. Anything less, I would consider walking. Um, actually, I'm just going to move my bike, actually, right now, because it looks like it's going to rain. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Where's the cat gone? Oh, it's getting a bit chilly. Oh, oh I left the keys in the ignition, that's always good. Let's just put it over to the way. Oh. Make sure the fuels are off. There we are, fuel off. Oh, there we go. Ah, back in. Suddenly got all chilly. Um, where was I? Yes. Um, so yes, that saves me quite a bit of money a year. Of course, all the bikes are insured on one big policy. Um, 
Incidentally, uh, if anyone's asking, it says currently the winner of my insurance policy is, uh, who are they? Bikeshaw slash Avion Flux, whatever they like to be called. Um, they are doing the best deal for me at the moment. Um, I've only insured six out of the nine bikes I own because the other three, I have no intention of putting them on the road and they're not worth insuring at the moment, especially if I'm not using them. So it's six bikes and it's under 500 pounds. I think it's about 400 pounds and it's fully comp. Uh, and they're all valued at their full worth. Uh, yeah, so not too bad really. Um, so it's all them bikes. Uh, the BMW is quite cheap. The VFR is relatively cheap to insure. Uh, anything more than it would be. So the VFR is probably the most expensive bike to insure. Um, the BMW is the second most and then the rest are all laughable amounts on the breakdown anyway, roughly. Um, so yeah, my, my the PC50, I bring out every now and then, maybe once or twice a year for a little spin or something, but that's about it. PC50 just sits at the back of my garage. I don't really use it much, but it, like I say, it's tax and MOT exempt. So it literally comes out to warm the engine up and it goes away again. Um, my other cubs get rotated round, I guess you could say. Um, but I really love the CT at the moment and I really love my C65. The rest of the cubs, well, they're sitting there. I might get around, I might sell one. We'll see if I need to free up some cash to get some money for a trip or something. That's, that's the only thing I can think of. At the moment, I'm trying to speak, at the moment I'm pretty stingy. So when I go out, I often, I might buy a coffee out, but generally not. Generally speaking at the moment, especially in the summertime, I usually bring my own food and drink everywhere I go because then I can stop anywhere. And uh, I don't need to pay like, five pound for a coffee and a sandwich when five pound is like a tank of petrol well for a for a cub anyway it's five pound is a tank of petrol it all adds up because you know you go out for a nice ride and everything before you know it you spent 10 15 quid if you especially if you're so if a day out on the vfr let's say it's going to do about 100 miles that's almost that's about 20 quid in petrol you stop off somewhere for a coffee it's three quid or £2.50, uh, maybe a bit of cake, maybe some food later on, maybe a breakfast. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes I'll stop out for a, for a nice breakfast somewhere uh, or something like that. But even that's relatively cheap, it usually comes around under a fiver in cash for a nice, a nice slap up breakfast or something. But for the rest of the day, you know, just that's all right. I can, I can, I can treat myself every, you know, week or two with that sort of thing. But Literally, that's it. Literally, maybe once every two weeks, I will eat out at one of these places, <laughs> like a, a have a like a a nice slang. You know, not, once a month probably, I have a nice big fry up or a or a breakfast at a, a burger cafe not far from me. Um, probably down there once every yeah, at least once a month, I think. Go down there for a, a catch up with some friends or something like that. Just you know, chill for a bit because it's only about twenty miles down there. Nice little. Bimble down there, you can go the backcountry roads that are like, you know, 20, 30 mile an hour speeds, or you can go the main way, which is, you know, faster for the bigger bikes. That sort of thing would be, you know, so it doesn't really matter. It's like, you've got the choice, best of both. Which way do you want to go? Do you want to take the longer, more twisty route, or do you want to take the uh, thing road? Um, and that's it, like today I've come back from a ride, I've been out on the Honda CT, uh, three, 
3.7, 3.5 litres of petrol used. Uh, it's about six quid at the moment because of petrol prices. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, but that's a good like 70 odd miles done. So, or I think today I only did about 50 miles actually because it was petrol from before. So yeah, I did about 50 miles on the CT, which is a fair amount of time considering the bike only has a top speed of about 50 miles an hour. So that's a few hours on the bike. So yeah, it gives me, gives me a good time out sort of thing. Whereas the VFR, you go so quick. Well, you get everywhere so quickly, you go through more petrol. Um, and you know, just saving money that way. Like for instance, I'm going to be camping or going on a trip soon. So yes, it'll be camping, uh, where I, where and when I can. And if not, well, I have friends to stay with that I can, uh, bum a room for a night or two. Not really much of a problem. Um, there is a one day that I'm not sure what I'm going to do and it's going to be a long day. I think I can, I reckon I can do it. But I wanted a stiff drink at the end of it. And I'm kind of looking forward to it, the challenge and everything. But it's going to be after one of these days that I sleep perfectly the night before. And I get up, I can just go. Like, there's going to be no problems, no traffic. And it's going to be an early start, I reckon. But the route is about 470 miles in a day. Um, which could, this is quite a bit. Um, but, and it's going to be a lot of motorway, but the reason why I'm doing that is because it saves me, I don't need to stop, um, an extra night somewhere, uh, because it would involve my time away being an extra night somewhere, and if I had to do an extra night somewhere, I wouldn't be able to buy or afford a place to stay, uh, so I'd have to bring my tent and everything, but because I don't know, like I say, I'm still up and up, I'm still not sure because I could just bring my tent and everything and I'd be fine. Or I could do it 470 miles and yeah, I'm still in two minds of doing it. So I could either go and do it one a day, either worst case scenario, if I stop and camp somewhere, it's what, 10, 15 quid to camp somewhere. And the next day I arrive, but I can take a much more scenic route, but I lose a day um, uh, and I need to be back by a certain day, so I have to kind of crack out their miles somewhere. Um, so, like I say, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do that or not. Uh, so, it's going to be an interesting ride. I might have to do that, but it saves me a good. It saves me minimum. It saves me is 15 quid if I can knock it out in a day, and 15 quid is half a tank of petrol. When it depends how much money I spend going up. Let's say. So it takes about how much money I spend going up. It depends on how I spend it coming home or how much the the alcohol bill is going to be because I've got some friends coming over from other countries and I think we're going to have a good old, a jolly good time. And uh, yes, yeah, so I probably will splash out a bit. Uh, hence why I've been uh, busting out these uh, cards. Now, this is something a bit silly, but I've been selling motorbike parts um over the past couple of years bits and bods bits and bobs odds and sods i sold an engine uh a month ago or so for how much i said it for 170 quid something like that with postage i think 150 plus 30 quid postage 70 yeah 170 quid something like that sent it off so he's happy with that that gave me some extra money i spent that on 3d printer so yeah i'm not but i am saving money I'm saving money with um, 
You say, yeah, like I say, going out for rides and stuff like that, not spending money on your food and drink, stuff like that saves you a bit of money here and there, which is great because this uh, few trips that I'm going to do this year is going to cost me some money, which brings me to my other money-making scheme or scheme. I've been going through a bunch of old cards, playing cards, and I've costed them all out, some of them, and I've got piles everywhere now. Some of them I'm going to sell in sort of like a, a bulk situation. Um, and some of them will be sold singular. Uh, and uh, certain cards are worth, we had a quick Google around, but some of them cards are worth about 20 quid each. One particular card might be worth a bit more, but it's not graded. Graded is when they you send the card away, they grade it, they want like a 9 or a 10. If you can get like a 10, you're looking at like a £500 card. But if it's ungraded, it could be as low as, say, four, £30. So there is worth sending off to grade. I'm probably not going to grade it. I'm probably not going to sell it, to be honest. I'll hold on to it for now. Um, but yes, I am selling a bunch of these cards at the moment. Uh, I've been sorting them all out, so... I will have fun listing a lot of this on, probably on eBay. The cards I'm talking about are Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Now I did kind of get back into Yu-Gi-Oh because they released a game recently and I've been playing a lot of that. I know it's not really motorbike related but I thought you might find it interesting. It's basically, don't, don't forget about card games and rules and stuff, it's basically chess. Um, chess chance so so with chess there's not chance it's more every there is a very equal i like i like games i like puzzle games i like that sort of thing but with chess and stuff like that the, everything's equal um with playing cards like magic the gathering stuff like that it is like chess but you get to pick the pieces and there's no there's no perfect deck there's no there's no, uh, the problem is there is no perfect deck, but there is also um, some cheese ball decks. And I, really, I really don't like cheese ball decks where they're considered first turn win decks and stuff like that, where it's like they win in the first turn and you don't get a single chance to do anything. That's, that sucks. Um, but yeah, other than that, there is, uh, there is an element of strategy to it. Um, and way things are worded and stuff so it's and and it's the element of chance as well that i really like it's that it's that the odds law because it's your it's a game of cards and even though you picked them 40 cards in your deck or arsenal it's kind of random what you get anyway so because of that it makes playing cards like Yu-Gi-Oh cards stuff like that certain ones are valuable and uh i've sorted them out into a big pile here i've got i think about 600 and so 650 cards that i'm going to go through and uh sell in bulk and then i've got another like 100 or so i'll sell individually so that's like oh good yeah so about 100 ebay listings i might be posting up sh shortly something like that you know it's uh it's quite a bit but that might give me a bit of money to to go towards bikes and stuff like that and yeah um 
it's just uh, going to help for my uh, trip sort of thing. I mean, I do get a lot of support through the patrons, which is great. Um, and there is now merch on the way. If you're listening to this podcast, you've probably seen the posts about the big Pezza pucks. Now, at the moment, they're only available. I'm only offering them. Um, basically, they're for free for Patreon members only. And they're the ones who are getting them. Well, and when I mean Patreon members, I mean the current Patreon members. Um, if you are just signing up to Patreon, then they're not available for you, unfortunately. Because these things take about five hours to print. And I've done five, six, seven. I think I've done seven of these. And I've given two away. So I've got five left. So I need to print about ten more. Minimum is 10, I need to print about 10 more to give to each of the patrons. Uh, one to each of the patrons. Well, I'll, I'll, I've said to people message me, but if not, you will be getting given, you'll be getting given one at some point, I'm sure. Um, so yeah, I will um, give these out, these big Pezza 3D printed pucks. Uh, the test one was printed off and tested with my Honda VFR 750. So what I will do, uh, I do. I think it will hold a VFR 750, but at the same time, I don't want to start mass producing them and selling them to people, putting their Harley Davidsons on them or whatever, um, and then finding out that they snap under the weight or something. Yes, that would be. I'd feel really bad if it snapped and fell over. So, uh, and also, I don't know what they're going to be like after they've been in the sun for a few hours. Um, so hopefully, no damage will. Um, occur to any bikes or pucks um when in use uh but they they look all right they look the part and they seem to hold up well if you want one then at the moment i'm not selling them but if you really really wanted one see the thing is with that sort of thing i had to think about like how much would i charge for it and you know everything and i think it has to be around 15 to 20 quid which is, you know, it, seems, it sounds quite a lot, and I think it is, and I don't think anyone's going to pay it, because it takes five hours to print, or six hours old to print. Yeah, I just don't think anyone's going to do it. No one's going to want that merch. Anyway, um, th so that's basically how I'm making money to fund my trips and stuff like that and shenanigans. It's basically uh, selling crap, selling motorbike crap that I've acquired, motorbike junk I've acquired I'm going through these cards um now I don't know what year I started playing and doing that stuff but it's probably around 2000 so th some of these cards are like 20 odd years old some of them are in not great condition some of them are in pretty okay condition so yeah it's not um not the best not the worst I can't really grumble or complain about this sort of thing um but yeah, just like I'd like to have a little bit more money just to, you know, you have that cushion. Because at the moment I'm running everything. Everything's a bit tight at the moment, I guess you could say. But I think that's just because I'm tight and I just know I need to save up my money for this trip that I'm doing in summer. Or soon. And stupid family weddings cost money to... Not stupid because... Uh, not stupid family weddings. Uh, family weddings uh, sometimes cost a lot of money because you might have to stay in a hotel, which is what I have to do begrudgingly i mean you know uh, it's a wedding and if any of my members of family uh listen to this podcast uh i'm looking forward to the wedding i am looking forward to the wedding it's just staying in a hotel mm. 
100 pounds for a room. Oh, a lot of money. Um, anyway, uh, that's it, I guess, for this part of the podcast. Sorry if I rambled on. I've been a bit off, but that's how I've been uh, making some moolahs. I mean, YouTube gets a little bit of money, and uh, a lot of the money comes from the patrons who support the channel a lot as well, which is great. Anyway, uh, incidentally, um, a friend of mine gave me a gift of around 50 quid. Um of Amazon gift card and he said build a Yu-Gi-Oh deck basically so I took a bunch of the old cards out and I built a deck oh I think I'm going to build a deck and I ordered some new cards because I was like you know what I need to add some new cards in my deck otherwise I won't stand a chance so I spent that 50 quid I spent all that 50 quid and I'm going to go round his house uh, in <clears throat> some point in July and I will duel him. And he probably will do a video on his YouTube channel. Of us having a duel. And uh, we will have a duel. And we will see who will win. Um, he has probably a lot more expensive cards than me. But it's not about money. It's about your strategy and how you use them. Whether or not I win or not. Different story. Um, but it would be good to... Uh, play him face to face because uh, playing someone over the internet is not the same when it comes to card games. It is a kind of like poker and is he bluffing? Has he got something? That sort of thing. The look on his eyes. Oh, he's got something good. That sort of thing can give it away. And I uh, really, really, really like to duel people like that where I can see them and say, right, he's bluffing. Or if he's smirking, it's like, okay, he's got something good in his hand. I've got to watch out, or something like that, you know. Or if he's got a plan, then his eyes might light up. That's the sort of thing. When you play someone, these card games can be played online, but you never, you never know if they're bluffing or not. Um, and it's a different way of playing. It really is a different way of playing when you're playing online. Anyway, I think that's enough of this podcast this week. Sorry if it's been a bit short. I was just... Um, yeah, thinking about what I can do and what I can't do. I mean, there's a lot of trips I'd like to, I'd like to go on longer trips this year, absolutely. Um, but I can't, I can't because I can't justify them because, well, it's just uh, too expensive at the moment, I guess you could say. But with my one big trip that's coming up this year, it's going to be just, I think it's just under two weeks on the road. Um, I might camp to save money, uh, but the best thing about that trip that's coming up is that most of it's paid off, which is the best thing. Um, I have paid off um, the hotel room. I've paid off... Yeah, I've paid off so much. It's great. I, I really like it. The fact that I've um, paid off all these, all these things. It's... it's yeah, I, I'm... I'm, I'm really happy about that because now it's a case of me I just need basically now all I need to do is spend money for petrol and food and stuff like that and that's going to be the cheap cheap thing that is so that is going to be the cheap thing uh, so yeah anyway um, thank you for uh, listening to the Pezza podcast thank you for the patrons who are supporting me if anyone's interested in a, I don't know, uh, certain 
uh, <clears throat> I don't know, what am I thinking of? A certain thing, then I will, uh, certain park or something. You can always message me on Instagram or something like that. And if you really want one, we'll have to, I have to arrange on how much this sort of thing's going to cost. Because it's not going to be, uh, unfortunately, it's not going to be super duper cheap. But I will try to get it down a bit. Anyway, uh, I've rambled on long enough. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. And I'll catch you in the next podcast. I'm Big Pezza. And that's just some of my tips on how I save money and afford to run all the bikes that I own. And as you know, of course, I do all the main maintenance myself. Very stupid, I know, but that's that's how I do it. Some repairs are done cheap. Some repairs are done fully and properly. Anyway, that really is the end of this podcast. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Right, sorry. When I said it's the end of the podcast, I lied. We can actually get onto the good bit now, with the bit that everyone has been waiting for, which is the black book. And I found a nice little story. It's called The Guy Who Stole... Um, stole? Who Stole or tried to steal a laptop. And it's a very um, interesting story, I guess you could say, on how he tried to steal it. Um, But essentially what he did is he wanted, very much so, to have this laptop bag. And it was in the... Oh, let me set the scene. Anyway, so it's a Saturday night, busy, busy, busy. Uh, lots of people checking in. Uh, sorry, Friday night. Lots of people checking in because they're going to flight tomorrow. They're going to go fly off or whatever. Very busy evening. There's a, a luggage room. So people who don't want to take their main luggage to the room, they have like a little overnight bag and they leave their big luggage things in the in the bag, uh, in the closet. Luggage, you know, the um, luggage closet or whatever. If you leave it there, then you don't need to you know, worry about anything because it's all, it's all just there ready for your um, taking whenever you want to take it sort of thing. So what he did was he decided I'm gonna put my bags in there so I don't have to lug them to my room. That's fine. He did it. Um, Now, I'm not sure who's to blame. Well, okay, if you get taken advantage of, of, this is a bit silly. Uh, The receptionist didn't bother using the stubs didn't use any luggage tags. You're supposed to, it's like a cloakroom, you know, you're supposed to give them a number. You're supposed to attach like a little thing to the handle and then the thing, give them the stub and then they come back and they swap it later. Um, The silly thing was that for some reason the receptionist wasn't doing that. So we had all this luggage in there and the only way we could prove who is what is people to be honest and say, this is mine. Um, This is fine if everyone's honest. But in this case, this guy was not honest and he was a bit drunk. So for whatever reason, he realised he left something in his luggage uh, in the evening. He said, oh, maybe it was his toothbrush or something like that. He wanted it. So he went into the luggage room and he said, you know what, just I'll take the luggage. And he said, yeah, OK. And then the receptionist gave it to him. Just just gave it to him, just like that. Um, didn't didn't ask for any stubs. Didn't, Of course, there wasn't any there. He literally just gave it to him and wandered off. Um... Then the guy went and had a couple of drinks. But while that room was open, he must have seen it. There was a laptop bag on the shelf. A laptop bag usually indicates there's a nice laptop inside. Um, Why did this... I don't even know why the person had checked in, uh, checked this laptop bag in. I would have definitely taken it with me. But this poor guy whose laptop bag it was 
was obviously thinking, perhaps I am uh, not going to be lucky, but I'm definitely going to be, you know, this is definitely going to be worth nicking sort of thing. So he he then decided I will um, I will go ahead and I will try to grab my um, get my chances. I'm going to try to grab this laptop bag. So something through his mind, he just kept on going to reception. Literally every he went to every receptionist on duty at that time on the busy night. He queued up. He would go, "Can I get my laptop bag out?" And the first receptionist says, you don't have a laptop bag in there. Because luckily, all three receptionists were on the ball to a point where they knew that he hadn't got a laptop bag in there. But he constantly kept on trying to get a laptop bag out. He called the manager over, saying, can I get my laptop bag out? Um, which is, it's like, well, no, because... So the manager ended up going on the CCTV camera to make sure he didn't actually have a laptop bag in there, because... The manager had no way of disproving he had a laptop bag in there, but he wanted to make sure that there was a lap. Okay, is there a laptop bag in there? Yes, there is. How does he know there's a laptop bag in there? Because he's seen it with his eyes, but he, it's not his, it's someone else's. So he had to go through the CCTV, my manager, uh, the manager who was on shift had to go through the CCTV footage, work out if it was his laptop. Once he worked out it wasn't his laptop and he was a bit drunk, we cut him off at the bar and, and we did. We just, we just cut him off at the bar. Uh, said right we're not serving him anymore because he's he's drunk so once he realized he wasn't getting drunk it wasn't getting served anymore he was taking people's drinks just straight up it's like just take a drink so he took a drink and he took another drink and he kept on drinking and after he kept drinking all them all them lovely drinks he only <laughs> he only decided that <laughs> to to really cue it up and so he ended up just following he ended up following me he ended up following me around which which is quite funny he ended up following me around um so he followed me around this the hotel literally just asking can I get my laptop back? Can I get laptop back? Anyway, he was getting a little bit abusive. And this is like 10, this is like eight o'clock in the evening. So I decided to call the police. As I said, look, we've got this guy who's trying to get, because he was trying to open the handle. Oh, he was hanging around uh, when someone else wanted to get a bag uh, from the thing. He would try to pop his head into, can I just get my laptop back at the same time sort of thing. Oh, has you got it open? Can I get my laptop bag? You know, that sort of thing. Um, because people, you know, were coming and going all the time. It was a busy night. So we're like, okay, let's just call the police. So the police came, they questioned him. And it, when he started stealing other people's drinks, I was like, okay, I'm calling the police now because he's going to end up in a punch up. I said, look, look, this guy who's stealing pints of other, stealing drink. We cut him off at the bar, but he's still drinking. I told him to go to his room. He won't go to his room. The police came and he just started getting, they won't give him a laptop bag. He hasn't got a laptop in there. He hasn't got a laptop in there. He hasn't got a laptop in there, you know. Um, so the police ended up taking him, away, taking him down to the station. Um, anyway, this is at 8 o'clock in the evening. At half 10 at night, things are starting to quieten down. And I'm like, okay, good, the rush is over. 10.30, night shift will be here at 11 o'clock. Oh, it's been a bit of a nightmare day. It's been busy. 
oh, a few little complaints here and there. And suddenly, it's a guy at reception. What do you mean, this guy came down? Can I have my laptop bag back? I was like, you're kidding. He's back? I was shocked. I was floating. It's been a good couple of hours, two and a half hours. What happened is the police got him, they processed him, and they released him ROR, released on recognizance, recognizance or something, whatever they call it. But he was took down to the police station, and he came back. I don't know if they told him not to go back to the hotel, but he was being abusive, drunk and disorderly, uh, stealing pints off people, stealing drinks. Stealing people's drinks. And they released him ROR. I guess because it was a Friday night, there's probably worse people to deal with and they need the space. So anyone, unless he hasn't, unless he hasn't like brutally murdered someone, I guess they're not going to get rid of him. But still, I mean, I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked. So, you know, that's, that's the way it goes, I guess. But absolutely shocked that he came back and he did try to get his laptop. Now, of course, I called the police, said, look, this guy's come back. I called it, here's my reference number. He's come back. What do you mean he's come back? He's come back. Like, Has he? Yeah, he's come back. He must have taken a taxi back here or something. Um, and he's still asking for his laptop bag. He's still trying to steal his laptop. So the worst thing is, because there was no stubs on anything, we couldn't even find out whose laptop that was. We wanted to know whose laptop that was. Could we find out? No, we could not. It was really, really, really infuriating. We couldn't find whose laptop is this. And we, we didn't know. So we ended up... Um, we ended up... We had to... Oh, it's so infuriating. We had to... Um, call the police. And of course, they couldn't send anyone. I mean, they're busy. It's Friday night. So understandable. Understandable, it was busy. It's just upsetting when that happens because you you want to be able to, you know, get your stuff and pretty much go. You don't want to have to deal with this. But unfortunately, this sort of happened. So we tried all that. Didn't work. So, okay, fine. What we're going to do then, we're going to have to... Uh, uh, anyway, called the police, reported it all. The guy hanged around the lobby. He wasn't getting served. The, the guests were drop, you know, dribbling off now, so it was getting quieter and quieter. So he couldn't steal any drinks. Eventually, he just went to his room. Now we had his room number. About two o'clock in the morning, the police came to have a word with him. The night manager said, "Listen, it's okay. We know he's a problem, whatever, but he can stay. Thank you for having a word with him, sort of thing." Um, and, you know, he's being a bit of a numpty. So I think the night manager allowed him to stay because he was just being a bit drunk. I, I don't know if I would have let him stay because who knows what he'd have stolen if he had a chance. I don't know. Some people would just chance it. And this guy really was trying to convince everyone he had a laptop in there. The very next day, or actually on the Monday, the whole reception team was retrained on how to check in bags into the cloakroom and they were shown where the cloakroom stubs are 
There's a stapler, sellotape. There's no reason that it should not be on there now. So it's all there. It's all logged. And we know exactly what, whose bag's where, what room number it is, and that's it. Um, yeah. So there are no, no excuses now. It's all there. But that could have been very nasty if a laptop had actually gone missing from there. I don't know. I, I think you're not liable. Because technically your own personal property is your own personal thing. I'm not sure where you'd stand on that. Um, if it was like a MacBook in there or something like that that went missing. That could have been really expensive. Anyway. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. I would never check anything into a, a a cloakroom that was worth money purely for well one of them reasons so anyway uh, thank you very much for listening and I'll catch you in the next podcast so uh, that's it that's the end of the podcast uh, thanks for listening and goodbye <laughs>